So we're going to do a little group sit for half an hour, and Sarah will speak to us then.
Chela is going to speak to us a bit because it's the end of the retreat. He wants to thank everybody and he also wants to give us some last words. Not last words. <laughs> he also wants to. <laughs> the last walk. <laughs> he wants us to. Bye bye. <laughs> 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 to say something about carrying on after the retreat. For, for any endeavor, for any work to, to come to completion, for example, for a retreat to start and end, Sierra says for it to get through all those days, for anything to happen, all conditions must come together for that to be achieved. A retreat doesn't happen just because there is a teacher only. And it doesn't happen because there are yogis only. And it doesn't happen if there aren't people who are willing to cook for us. It doesn't happen if there is no place to stay. And many other conditions. So for making this retreat possible and successful, Seattle would like to thank Mike and he would like to thank the staff and he would like to thank the yogis. For participating wholeheartedly and applying yourself. Thank you. There are so many of you here from so many different places. And there are people who have never practiced before, people who have practiced some, and there are people who have practiced a long time, very experienced. But everyone has made the progress that is commensurate, that matches their effort. And Seattle is very pleased with your efforts. So in the Dhamma Seattle says, we get as much as we, uh, let me try and phrase this right, we, we get what we get depending on how much effort we put in, how skillful we are at putting in effort, and how um, uh, much we understand how to put in that. So it is not it's not effort alone that gives results. It's also it also has to be right effort and skillful effort, and then only the results will follow. If we understood this nature, that the results we get are dependent on the amount of uh, right, uh, skill, skillful effort that we put in, Siyadu says, then we will never be too greedy for just results. We won't just hope for results. Mm. Greed only thinks of results, but wisdom thinks about how something can be achieved. And wisdom's aim is to 
to um, fulfill the conditions that are needed to achieve an aim. It doesn't just hope for results. So Seattle wants to remind us to be interested in the practice, to be interested in how to practice correctly. So if we practice seven days, we get seven days worth. If we practice a month, we'll get a month's worth. And if we practice a year, we get a year's worth. If it's skillful. So we need to be careful or take care of how and whether we are practicing skillfully. So a retreat is over, but that is not the end of the practice of meditation. Meditation never ends, only retreats end. So this retreat in this place is ending, but the retreat that you call life is going to begin again. Seattle says delusion and his party of unwholesome friends, they love it when you say the retreat has ended. Oh, meditation has ended because they think, oh, good, now we can play. And this is because Yaro says the nature of delusion and his party of unwholesome friends is that when you want to go on retreat, they ask, so how long are you going on retreat? And if you say a week, they're like, okay, a week. If you say a month, they're like, oh, a month. If you say a year, they're like, oh, a year. And then when that's over, we'll be back. Now my time. The defilements, they say, we know when it's our turn. The moment you stop, it's our turn again. So, the nature of meditation, the nature of the Dhamma is such that we cannot let go of the Dhamma, we cannot stop meditating or being aware. When Siaro had not ordained permanently, he went for many, many retreats with his teacher. He went for short retreats, three-month retreats, eight-month retreats, two-year retreats. But he only practiced when he was on retreat. His teacher would always remind him when he was leaving, continue to practice at home, but he never did. And it's only when he got into real trouble, he really had nothing left to rely on except the Dhamma, the, the practice that he knew so well but did not rely on. Um, it's only when he fell back on it, started to practice it, and earnestly applied it in life um, for a long time that he began to realize that the nature of the practice is that you can't stop. I know what, mommy did. Oh, people could see it all. It's never happened. 
He remembers. He remembers at that time, looking at his father, and he could see that his father couldn't help him. He went to his teacher, and he knew his teacher couldn't help him. All they could do was encourage him, give him support. So he had to rely on himself. He realized. And that's when he began to practice continuously, relentlessly, dedicatedly, and that brought him to the realization that that is how he has to always practice. When he looked at everything that was happening in the mind, he says, "How long did anything last? Nothing lasted long. So if he stopped practicing, all the things he understood when he was practicing didn't last long." So he also understood that although every mind arises and passes away, what the mind leaves behind is a legacy to the next mind, and so the mind is the heir of all its past efforts. So when one cultivates the wholesome qualities in the mind over and over again, the potential of that um, of that wholesome of the wholesome minds that have been cultivated becomes stronger and stronger. The 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 power of the wholesome becomes stronger in the mind. We go for retreats, Yarosas, and it's like rowing upstream. We row and row and row on retreat, and we get a bit up the path of the stream and then we go home we stop practicing says, the boat just naturally travels downstream again and then you know we go for the next retreat and we row and row and row go up again and then we stop rowing we go home and then it it just floats downstream again so we're always starting again says, if we feel that we're not making any real progress in our practice it's because we haven't been rowing continuously. So if you row on retreat, Seattle says, if you practice on retreat and you say get, you get to a 10, a level 10, Seattle says you go home with level 10, but if you don't keep rowing, that's where you'll stay or go back downwards. And then you go for retreat again, you start from where you are, wherever that is, and you row, row, row again, maybe you get to 10 again. But how long do we go on retreat? I mean, how many years have we been going for retreats? Are we just going to keep getting to 10? So what Sarah is trying to say is that it's only if we keep practicing at home that at least we might maintain 10 or if we slip maybe 9 or 8 and you get back into retreat and you can go past 10 from 8, 9, 10, maybe 11, 12 and you finally get past that. If we practiced at home like we practice on retreat and we practiced for a year, two years, three years, Sierra says, can you imagine? You'd really get somewhere. I 
And that's a place we've never been to because we have never practiced so hard, so relentlessly. And it's a place that you can't imagine because you have never been there. So when you practice that relentlessly, the Dharma gains momentum, the meditation gains momentum, awareness gains momentum, your life wisdom gains momentum. And then Seattle says, when there is momentum, it's like that momentum sweeps you along. So sometimes yogis ask Seattle, Seattle so, so to what point must I practice? How will I know, you know, that I've practiced enough? What, what is the yardstick? And Sarah says, if you look at your mind now, and if you look at the balance of the wholesome and the unwholesome, and you see how easily the unwholesome manifests in the mind, because they have so much momentum. Sarah says, and you practice and practice, and one day you look at the mind and what's happening easily and has so much momentum is the practice. What's happening easily is the wholesome qualities, is the awareness. He says, that's when you know. We have, we have mental actions, we have verbal actions, we have bodily actions. And when all, all of our mental, verbal and bodily actions are governed by wholesome intentions and awareness and wisdom, Siyadra says, that's the degree to which we must practice. And it is difficult to get to that place. It takes a lot of right effort, um, reflection, dedication, constant intending, you know, right intentions and, and always remembering to work towards it and working towards it. So it's hard, Siyadra says, but he says, when we have gone through that struggle and come on the other side, Siyadra says, then it becomes much easier. It feels like the flow of that momentum will, will pull us along and show the way, show us the way. Oh, yeah. Retreat is like a camp, right? It's like training where we learn how to practice in different situations and states, you know, when when we have an emotion, what should we be aware of? When we, you know, feel this way, how should we be aware? Um, what's the right attitude? When do you apply it? How do you apply it? You know, do you think, do you not think? All these things that we talk about. But at home we have to apply these, you know. All this stuff that we've learned, we have to sort of test it out in our own environments. And 
every day at home, Seattle says we meet, you know, we go to work, we're at home, we meet the same people, colleagues, friends. Um, most of the time, the same situations present themselves to us over and over again. And if we would be mindful in those situations over and over again, mindful in our interactions, in what we say, what we feel, what we think, and um, how we respond and all that, Seattle says we would learn from them learn from what we're observing and become more and more skillful in our thoughts and actions and behavior. If you notice at home, the problems we have are always the same problems. They're never different problems. It's always the same kind of problems and they don't seem to go away. He says we meet this, you know, we come across the same um, scenarios, objects um, that challenge us, and if we would watch ourselves over and over again, we would slowly learn to resolve these. Then the problems will must get less. Then you'll find that life becomes more peaceful, more calm, and the practice of meditation improves. It comes together. So Sierra just wants to encourage us to continue practicing. That is very nice. Let me try and convey it to you. Um, That which is able to practice is samadhi, stability of mind. That which is practicing is right effort, perseverance. That which happens is awareness. That which knows how to practice skillfully is wisdom. And that which wants to practice is sadda, faith. That's very nice. Sadu, sadu, sadu.